All right, three, two, one. How's it going, everybody? And welcome back to the Nerd Stuff with Ian 2.0 podcast. As always, I'm your host, Ian. And today's episode, I figured I will give you guys more of the independent books you guys have been looking forward to and wanting me to talk about. And in particular, I'm going to talk about an independent book that is from Image that I've recently found myself getting into and has, in all intents and purposes, become one of my favorite indie titles out there right now, or at least one of my favorite books that's going on right now. And it's Robert Kirkman and Lorenzo Delfici, or DeFelici, he's, oh lord, for every reason my brain wants to blank on it real quick, Oblivion Song. (laughs) And to me, it's probably one of those stories that I feel like is a story I didn't know I needed, and scratching it, I didn't know I needed scratched, at least just to me. Sorry to drink some water real quick. So, I guess to kind of give you guys a little bit of background on, I guess, the writer of this. This way you guys can be like, hey, I'm curious what are the stories he's written. Robert Kirkman, for people who don't know, which I think most people do know what who he is by now, he's the creator of The Walking Dead. And... Which, as everyone knows, you know, you had the giant Walking Dead phenomenon and just all the the love for Walking Dead. Now you have some hate. And it's definitely out there, but definitely there is plenty of love still for it. It's still ongoing. It's still a series that is as popular as this has ever been. And I don't think it's really ever going to die out that easily, or at least anytime soon. Now, for people who are also curious, he hasn't done just The Walking Dead. He's also doesn't. He's also done Invincible. He's done Marvel Zombies. He had some work with Marvel, and he's done countless other books. But those are just among his biggest sellers because, or his biggest hits. And Oblivion Song, in my opinion, is one of his hits that I feel like is going under the radar for a lot of people because it's not like a traditional like you know action comic book yeah it has action in it but it's more on the sci-fi side and i think that's why i'm liking it because it deals with the character of nathan cole who is you know that's how i want to give the i guess a summary of what's going on so within this story you have about a decade ago about or 10 years ago in Pennsylvania, you had 300,000 people were sent into this crazy realm called the Oblivion. Essentially, within Oblivion, it's full of, you know, monsters, insects, you name it, you know, it's survival, it's, you know, it's craziest. You know, they're, they're dealing with creatures that are, in all intents and purposes, kind of like Pacific Rim with Kaiju, not as gigantic and not as, you know, over the top where they got to build mechs and, like, have, you know, two people piling a robot. That's not how it is. It's kind of more or less, I guess, the basic I can kind of bring it up to in a little bit of a way. And for a reason, I think it kind of fits well with it. Is Does anybody else remember the anime Blue Gender by chance? And within Blue Gender, it deals with, you know, what would happen in a post-apocalyptic world if... 
you know, government created a virus that pretty much that mutated and or mutated animals into these giant like man-eating insects that just murder everything. That's kind of in a way I guess I can probably pull closest, probably closest. If not, the other closest book I can kind of go with is Black Science by Rick Remender. You know, both titles are by Image Comics. And I will talk about Black Science at some point. But with Oblivion Song, it deals with the main character of Nathan Cole, who, when you see him in the story, he is, you know, trying to save these two people. Kind of, You don't really know what's going on. All you know is, there's two people, he gets into a scuffle, you just see this man in a cloak, and he's shooting these two people with darts, and he's trying to get away. Next thing you know, this creature's coming at him. He's trying to figure out stuff, but his technology's not working. And he's just, he's like, oh crap. He's like, I gotta find a way out of here. He's like, I'm not trying to die out in oblivion, which is this pretty much crazy, ridiculous, over-the-top wasteland. And he manages to get himself back with one of his darts that, if he fire, that if fired upon, a dart will pretty much, you know, drug you and then teleport you back to the earth at this point you won't be in the oblivion realm anymore you'll be back on earth and he's done it to quite a few people and that he was successful but at this point in the story where it starts up the government pretty much has since shut down the giant project that nathan cole has you know they the government felt as though after exploring just a little bit of area they explored in oblivion but the people they had they no longer want to explore it. They're like, hey, we've saved enough people. We don't want to, you know, hemorrhage more money towards a product, towards a project that, in all intents and purposes, we're not seeing, we're not making money off of. We're not getting our money back. We're, at this point, you know, you're, you're doing kind of a, a civil service that is super expensive and... We're not going to risk that anymore, and that's within the first, you know, six issues, or actually within the first three, Nathan Cole was really, you know, battling to try and get government funding again. You know, they had a team, he has since, since everyone's gone, he's explored Oblivion more, he knows more about it, you know, he understands, and all its purposes, a lot more about it, he's still learning. But, and also the other big thing that's brought up is, he still hasn't found his brother. And a lot of people think that Nathan Cole, what he wants to do is he just wants the government to keep funding him until he finds his brother. So, of course, the government's not going to fund him because they look at him as a guy who's just pretty much using the government to get what he wants. When, in truth, the government kind of wants to use you to get what they want and they want a profit, which Nathan Cole's not going to give them. Which... Most people kind of wouldn't be that surprised about. And I'm going to kind of leave it right there. Just because that overall kind of gives you a basic premise of kind of what he's dealing with. In regards to like what obstacles he's dealing with so far within the first three, like first three issues. And kind of everything that's going on for him. Kind of giving you guys an idea of what his character is, what his motivation is, what he's doing. Now, with that, one of the best lines that you hear is, uh, I can never remember the character's name, but he talks about 
when before Nathan had found him, you know, it, there's this sound that is, in all intents and purposes, you know, with the insects and everything going around, when it all comes together, it's harmonious. And he calls it the Oblivion Song, thus referencing the title of the book. And to me, I kind of, that, I kind of, to me, I always thought that was kind of a cool way to describe how you got a title for your book. You know, how crazy would it be for, you know, if one of us, one day we woke up and, like, the world, 300,000 people got sucked into the world of doom. You know, how crazy would that be? Some people would probably be hyped because they'd be like, yo, if I get a doom guy suit, I'm going there with submachine guns or a, the big old shotgun or the BFG and I'm handling business. And there's some people that would clearly think that. And I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'd probably be one of those guys being like, yo, let's do this. And it probably would not be the smartest move, but that's either here nor there, I guess, in uh, regards to that whole concept. But why I like this book so much is the writing from Robert Kirkman. Now, for people who've read Walking Dead and seen his other works, one of his biggest strengths is humanization of his characters. And ultimately, it's a strength that he always has had and he's always been really well at. And even with The Walking Dead, for people who've never even read, read it, you know, if you've even watched a little bit of the show, you know, you can tell The Walking Dead, the reason why it's lasted so long is it's not a story that's based around zombies. It's a story that features zombies, but it's more based around how does human interaction handle being in a zombie-filled world, or the Walking Dead world. And it's one of the bigger strengths that he pulls out, is he's always really great at writing a lot of characters and bringing in the human element. And I feel like with this, with Oblivion Song, he continues that tradition of, you know, still maintaining that human element for a story. And I like it. You know, it, it reminded me why... He is such a great writer, and why he's within my top ten favorite writers. You know, and he, Robert Kirkman, I feel like always does a great job of staying consistent. And I feel like for this, it's a good sci-fi book. You know, I don't get all that many sci-fi books out there right now, just because I feel like in a lot of ways it's always hard to write a good sci-fi book. And when you do, a lot of the times it doesn't really come off as sci-fi. It, it comes off as something else. And I feel like this book does a good job of balancing its sci-fi with that whole explorer, adventurer, and, you know, humanization element. Where, you know, un, I guess humanization underdog elements that are thrown in with it. Because you feel for Nathan Cole. You feel for his character like... If you lost one of your siblings, or if you were somebody who's the only child, but you lost one of your best friends, and he was in this other realm, like, what would you do? You know, you'd want to go find them. But if the government told you, hey, no, we got enough people, you don't need to do more, and they no longer want to fund you, like, how would you feel? And I feel like that's an interesting concept that gets brought into this. In which... As you can argue, some sci-fi books have played a little bit of it, or at least some sci-fi series have played that a little bit. 
But I feel like it does well here. And all of its purposes. And I feel like overall, it's scratching itch. I didn't know I wanted scratched at the end of the day. You know, I had... At first, I didn't really have much of an urge. Like, I really hadn't heard of Oblivion Song. Really, you know, never really had been too enthusiastic about getting into a lot of sci-fi comic books. You know, I read a little bit of Black Science, which, like I said, I'll cover at some point. But I never really fully got into, you know, the bigger sci-fi type, you know, adventure story. I think Undiscovered Country really did a good job of helping expand that, but I also feel like Undiscovered Country, as I talked about in that podcast, really dealt with more of a twist on, you know, understanding globalism versus isolationism and just throwing in a Mad Max concoction into it. While with this, I feel as though it deals, like I said, deals with humanization, deals with underdog element, deals with, you know, you're feeling for the main character because you know you would do something somewhere if you had the ability. And I feel like it's a great storytelling trope to have for the character. And on top of that, the artwork is fantastic. Like, Lorenzo D. Felici, or Felice, he just, dude, his artwork is, is just amazing. Like, it's nothing, you know, this over-the-top 90s action artwork. It's more of, you know, a good art, it's more of a, uh, a good, subtle artwork. Where, like, you know, where it's not over-the-top, but it does well with, you know, his... I'm trying to think how I want to describe it because I'm not very good at, you know, guess describing artwork. My fiance is a lot better at that than I am. She, I mean, photography major on top of everything else, and or I guess photography. Yeah, she has a degree in photography and probably could tell you a little more of art, cosmetics, and stuff like that more than I could. But I just feel like the artwork just—it's nothing harsh on the eye, and I don't feel like it's hyper realistic. I feel like it just, it flows really well for the story. And I feel like it benefits it because when the ant, when you see monsters and all that stuff from Oblivion, it looks amazing. Well, you can tell it fits well with it. And when you see humans, they don't look misproportioned. They look like normal people. They don't look like they're jacked and like juiced up on every steroid. They look like normal people. And I feel like that does well for the story. And I feel like overall, that's why I probably also the other reason why I like it besides it being a sci-fi type story. And that's probably one of the other reasons why I've been recommend want to recommend this title out is because I feel like it's a story that I don't see a lot of sci-fi comic books out right now. In particular, I don't you don't really see a lot of that from the big two. You know, you can kind of get in some aspects, but I feel like this kind of as of late, I feel like a lot of the indie books, they take full advantage of the fact that they're not limited to, oh, Spider-Man can only be put in this such and such situation, or Superman or Batman can only be put in such 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 and such situations. This, they can do what they want. You know, they're not limited to dealing with a superhero who has 
all the power or Superhero has got ridiculous prep time or spider sense or whatever you want to call it at that point. And I feel like that overall just kind of adds more to the story, at least to me. And that's probably one of the bigger reasons why I recommend it to everybody is, as of late, it's probably been one of my favorite stories out there. And it's been staying consistent. And honestly, they just released the hardcover, or I think they're about to release the hardcover, I think on the 20th of July. And definitely, if you're looking for a good story that is, you know, deals has a lot of human elements and sci-fi and all that stuff, like I've said previously, this is definitely a story I would say get into. Definitely would recommend it because they're just having fun with it. You can tell it's a fun story overall, even though, you know, it's kind of can be a little bleak in certain aspects. Overall, it is a good story that... Not overly complicated, it's only 25 issues in. The last issue, issue 25, just came out last week. And I, what I mean last week, came out on July 8th. When I'm recording this episode, it's July 14th. You guys probably won't hear it till Friday, which it will be July 19th. Or no, not July 19th. It'll be July 17th. I should put that out there. Man, yeah, time flies when you're having fun with this. And definitely... You know, it's still young enough in its in its comic book run that if people want to get behind it, you can. And you can be like, yo, this is worth it. And definitely recommend it. Now, there's other indie titles that are out there, but this is one that I'm going to recommend. It's an ongoing series still. And, I mean, I don't know what else to really say other than say it's just a great story overall. And I highly recommend it. And at some, at some point, I will talk more about other independent books like Saga, East of West, talk about Black Science. I'll talk about a bunch of other indie books, but I figured I wanted to get this one out because it's still so new, since it's still on the newer side and hasn't closed up yet or hasn't been put on a hiatus as of late, which Saga is. That this is one that I feel like I could get some people to kind of want to jump in on and want to read. So, definitely one of those books that I recommend. It's ongoing, and I feel like you will, once you start reading it, you will enjoy it. Because it just, like I said, it scratches an itch that I don't feel like the big two is really allowing a lot of readers to scratch. So... With that being said, thank you guys for listening. And uh, yeah, if you guys want to comment, like, share. And if there's any other, you know, books or any books or any titles you guys want me to talk about at some point. Or if you're like, hey, have you read this book? Or hey, you mind reading this book to kind of give a review on it? Or hey, this might be a book that you might like or whatever. Throw it out there to me. And honestly, I'll gladly, you know, read it or talk about it because... Honestly, I'm always in the mood to talk about the books, comic books, particularly independents, as of late. I think ever since taking up this whole independent comic book week and along with everything else and just kind of doing weekly independent books, I've enjoyed it. I think it's, you know, a good change of pace and allows for my comic book palette to not be limited to just always reading Thor, wielding his hammer now and battling out with the likes of Loki or... 
Bo or Gore the God Butcher or anything like that. So on and so forth. Even though that's an old story from Thor God of Thunder, which at some point I'll probably talk about. Because that's an amazing story by Jason Aaron overall. So, again, like I said, thank you guys for listening. And, uh, yeah, you guys have a great night. Later.